Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of Believe is brought to you by Cryptid Coffee Co. Use promo code BELIEVE on checkout for 10% off their angry Yowie coffee blend. Head over to cryptid.com.au to check them out. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer, and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO Podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Tonight, I'm joined by Catherine, and Catherine's been having a lifetime full of paranormal experiences, and she's out in Dubbo of New South Wales, which is always exciting to me because rural New South Wales is full of these crazy stories, and I got very excited when Catherine emailed me. So, Catherine, welcome to the show. Hey, Kate. Thanks for having me. It's super cool to have you on. We were uh, kind of discussing before we uh, we hit record that you're in this funny area of New South Wales, which is like super close to Hilland, which is like kind of infamous on the podcast now. And you're rather close to, to Dunny Doo, which is uh, like the one of Australia's biggest UFO bloody hotspots, uh, mainly because Damien Knott's out there and that guy's a magnet for him. And uh, we discovered that there's this like weird little, uh, you didn't, you said it's not little, you said it's gigantic kind of uh, jam huge. in yeah. the middle with a missing city in it. So I'm it's now cool. enthralled all over again <laughs> with rural New South Wales. So thank you for that. Absolutely. And then you go even further out west and it just gets even weirder. Yeah. Oh. It's it's such a great crazy country we live in, but absolutely, Catherine. I'm so intrigued about your uh, your email. So, tell me, where did all the craziness start for you? Well, my mum always told me that I was a bit of a strange child, and I would sit in front of the TV while it's off, staring into it. Um, would just be enthralled by a black screen. Um, sometimes when it's all staticky, you remember back in the early 2000s when there used to be staticky TVs um, and would just sit 
and watch nothing. And so she always thought I was a little bit off um, and would talk to, well, what people have imaginary friends, but talk to these people. And so it always it started when I was little and has sort of evolved since then. Um, uh, the most I remember, like when it first started really kicking in, was when I was early teenager around that 13 14 age and um the house we lived in where was there's seven of us so i've got three sisters and a brother and it that house was just full of energy absolute packed full of it and um all of us kids had a different experience in the house my mum and i the most and it varied from being quite innocent to being quite evil it was almost like there was multiple spirits in the house uh, if there was at least two um one of them was in my room um but i never felt anything bad it was always a safe zone for me i was fine but my mum would refuse to come in she couldn't even vacuum without feeling sick um and so she hated it she always told me there was something nasty in there which i did didn't didn't believe <laughs> um but then my little sister she was probably well, three-ish at the time she had an imaginary friend who um she called sully which is a bit bizarre but um she would talk about this sully little friends all the time until it started just ramping up to a point where she would get cranky if you sat on him or he wasn't served up a meal at dinner just you know things like that that were becoming more and more angry and um in the car he had to have a seat of his own and just just you know a kid with a with a friend um she got moved out of the bedroom that she was in and my other sister moved in there and that's when things started turning nasty i think this spirit was jealous um of his little friend moving out of the room that he was based in and so my sister who was probably his, you know, 18 months younger than me would start waking up with her pictures on the wall being turned upside down mirrors falling off the wall at night um, she had posters up all over the wall and she'd wake up and they'd be ripped in half um, just things like that very much you know paranormal activity um and one night she woke up with three big long scratches going from the back of her neck all the way down to her lower back um and that was very much a that's that wasn't her um we sort of tried to downplay it well my mum downplayed it going you know you just did that in your sleep you know it's fine don't don't worry about it it's completely normal but there was no way and so it just ramped up like that over time um, and then there was the man in the corner of a Queensland room. So we had an additional built onto our house and that we, we put in. And my room was down the end of a hallway. And if you walked up the hallway and into a bathroom, there was a massive mirror over the vanity. And if you looked into the mirror diagonally, like adjacently, you could see into the Queensland room in the reflection. 
And I always had the heebie-jeebies um, at night time, just always felt like there was something watching or following and everyone in the house felt the same thing too. Even my sceptical stepfather um, was like, okay, no, this is not cool. And then one night I was walking to the bathroom and looking in the mirror and locked eyes with a man sitting in a rocking chair, just rocking back and forth watching me and it was just this gaze just locked and I couldn't couldn't pull away just going what what in the world is going on and then I just went nope I flicked the light off and bolted back to my room and ever since then it was very much everyone in the house just on edge really not a nice feeling and it was so just locking eyes with him and knowing that what it was I knew he wasn't a real man because around because he was sitting on a rocking chair from about his knees down wasn't like legs that just looked like an aspiration of of bones but the rest of his body looked quite solid so I knew he wasn't a real person who'd broken into the house I knew he was a spirit that was in there um and yeah it was that was sort of the moment that everyone started actually <laughs> believing a little bit more that there was a guy in there um, the my I moved out of home not much later than that. By this stage, I was seventeen and moved out of home, and they not long left that house as well. And yeah, there was just a lot of weird stuff happened there. Like it ended up being that the friend Sully, I my sister came up to me. She was probably about five ish, and she said. Sully wants me to be with him and I was like well that you can't you're a child <laughs> you know he's from what I hear he's a grown man and she was saying that he had died in a car crash with his wife and kids and that just went whoa you're five how do you know that sort of stuff happens and so that's when we went this is this is the spirit we're dealing with because there's no way she made that up that's that's actually like super super concerning because mm-hmm. it the way you said that it sounded like this ghost wanted almost like a relationship with your little sister. Mm-hmm. It's very much what it felt like, and that's the sort of vibes I had in the house was just not nice. It was very uneasy, and I was talking to my mum today actually, just going, when did all this? you know, stop, because I remember it all happening, but when did it stop? And she was saying when they moved out of the house and told them, you can't follow us, you're not coming, you're staying here. Um, But then she said that later after they moved, they found out that a man, and this is, you know, well, trigger warning to anyone, um, had hung himself in our street um, after being accused of, you know, doing terrible things to his daughter's. And so then to find out that this was happening plus that, it very much seemed that this man was in the house after younger girls. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like no, that at all. It was disgusting. Um, it was really not pleasant. And that's when my stupid 15-year-old self, when I really got into doing Ouija boards, um, really sort of figured out that this house was no good. Um I will tell everyone now, don't get into Ouija boards or if you're going to, do it smart. Don't muck around with them because you you, you just cause chaos. Um, 
I did a lot and didn't stop until I was a young adult and went, this is dumb, stop. And I was doing it with my friend one time and we were talking to her grandfather and I was very sceptical going, well, I don't know anything about this man. I can't guarantee that this is actually real. And so we had a candle set up next to me and I was like, well, you know, if you're really here, blow that candle, like just make it waver. And it went out just straight up and it was right next to me and I went, oh, okay, this, you know, could actually be something. And so anyway, we're talking to this spirit with the Ouija board and next minute a name popped up saying Eve Um, and just E-V-E and we're like, this is weird. What's that got to do with anything? And then it said, spelled out, die. And we freaked out. And this is in this house, like this this house that I think had some not nice stuff going on in it. And so we took our fingers off and just left it. And that's not how you close the Ouija board. Yeah, it's been left open. Yes. And from then on, for a long time, this Eve character followed us. Um, weird stuff started happening. I was seeing black shadows out of the corner of my eyes everywhere I went. It was very, very evil feeling. It wasn't pleasant at all. And so I was like, bugger it. I'm going to do one of the Ouija boards again like I didn't learn my lesson the first time. And again, connected with the spirit and was talking to it. And then Eve, just the EVE got spelt out and just this dread came over me. And I was like, oh, here she is. Maybe if we close it, this will be fixed. Um, but then it just was EVE. E-V-E, constantly, and then die again and again and again. And we took, we started, we, we said the um, the closing, like, uh, prayer almost to close it, but we took our finger off and it kept moving. It kept saying that die. And I was like, oh, this is it. Like, oh, Eve, we've mucked up. This, this thing's here for good. And I reckon it probably stuck around for a good year or so just following us. Wow. Um, yeah. So would this thing follow you anywhere you went? So anywhere outside that house? Yeah. I remember seeing it at school. I like out of the corner of my eye in the classroom, there's this black figure. It had no sort of face or no anything, but it resembled somewhat of a person, but it was just black. And I think that's why it felt so negative is because it was just black. It was like this mass that would just follow. Never could see it fully, but always in the corner of your eye, like it was just always waiting. And that was so what was eerie about it. Um, but I ended up doing Ouija boards more with other friends who had heard that I'd had success <laughs> with them. <laughs> and if that's what you could call it. And so other people are like, well, I'll do Ouija board with this. And but they would all go. Let's go to the cemetery. And I'm like, you can't. Don't do a Ouija board in the cemetery. That doesn't work. And they're like, oh, but it's the creepiest place. But no one dies in a cemetery, so you know, it's there's it no point. But we went to some pretty creepy places because you know, being out here in this in the um, rural New South Wales, there's a lot of deserted, eerie feeling places. And so had a had a lot of um, a lot of spirit um, dealings with the Ouija boards, but. I think I actually connected with a friend who was pretty screwed on with it. Um, they were not mucking around. They were serious. And we closed the board one time and didn't hear from Eve since. It just 
it's just like it stopped. Jeez, that would have been a weight off your shoulders. Oh, it was like I was not being followed anymore because even when I moved out of home and moved in with my partner and it just still just hung over me like a cloud and I truly think it caused, um, because I was depressed for quite a while and I think it was that overlooming, that hanging, that dread constantly, um, seeing the shadow all the time, feeling like someone's watching me all the time was just so negative and then it was just gone. It's one of these things that I think a lot of people potentially overlook when it comes to, uh, you know, being haunted or being followed or having something attached to you is the the complete lack of, uh, I guess, privacy. Because you never feel alone. Um, You feel like you're always being watched and the I can only begin to imagine the level of anxiety that kind of goes along with that. Well, and the fact that I'm not scared, like I wasn't scared of the dark, but I knew if I had the lights off, something would be with me. Like, and so it got to the point where if I wanted to go to the toilet at night, every light's on um, because you're constantly feeling like someone is just one step behind you every step you take. And it's just, it impacts your life and you can't feel comfortable anywhere. I remember the first time I went into um, one of the houses that I moved into, I sat in the lounge room, I turned all the lights off and just sat and closed my eyes, had no sound going, no one else in the house and felt nothing and went, wow, this is what silence is. There's nothing here. And I think that was the first time since I'd been, you know, a young teenager up until about 18, 19 that I had felt alone in a house. Um, and so that was huge. Um, yeah, so. I could only imagine the emotional release you would have had in a moment like that. It would have just been absolute bliss. Yeah, and, and, and the worst thing is too is a lo- no one, well, very few people believe you. Um, as you would know, dealing with this side of the the world, um, is people are sceptical. They don't believe it. And so you tell people these things and they're like, well, that's a load of crap. <laughs> I don't believe you for a second. And so that would make you feel even more alone, even though you're not alone because you've got this thing with you. But you don't have camaraderie in going, I believe you and it's okay. Um, until you find your people who do believe you. And I think then you can sort of share that burden. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to to do it, to have this thing follow you at such a, I guess, pivotal moment in your life, because, you know, you're going through school, there's so many different things kind of going on. This would have been the last thing you really needed. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Oh, yeah. And it, it, I think it definitely distracted me from my goals um, and impacted schooling, impacted a lot of the choices that I made as a young adult because um, I'm I'm 26 now and I just feel like me at 26 birth 18 are just completely different people. It's like seeing the world in its light for the first time, you know. It's not darkness and doom and the world sucks. Absolutely. Because <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, no, definitely. It, it would feel like you kind of live in a whole new life. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I can look back on these things now and go, look, if you want to do Ouija boards or you want to explore the paranormal, go for it. Absolutely. But don't don't be silly. Do it smartly. Be um, and Do your research. Actually know what you're getting into because it's not just a game. And I think that's what a lot of people get tricked into is that it's just a game. Um, when, you know, you could bring some really nasty things into your life and it's hard to get rid of. Do you think with you having the, the previous experience with your, your entire family, that kind of gave you that false sense of security of going and playing with, with Ouija boards and things like that? It was where I was, you know, I live with this, I know how this goes. I've never felt negativity before. What could go wrong? Um, just a bit naive with it and then realising that I'd experienced nothing compared. Um, you know, there is a lot of evil out there that um, is scary, easy to tap into. And I think, yeah, going into my like my past experience and having it be such a normal part of my life, I wasn't scared to get into playing Ouija boards and other spiritual things. But I still... um. Yeah, I just shake my head and go, oh, my God. My mum even still to this day just goes, don't even talk about it. <laughs> don't. She, I, um, I, she, I got my, I think I got my sense from her because she's always, she could tell you some, some crazy stories too. Um, but we're very much alike in the way that we've always been able to sense these, these spirits. Like I've only ever seen that one, that one man in the rocking chair and that black shadow. But I mostly can just feel their presence. Um, and yeah. Look, I do. I do have some questions related to the the spirits that you encountered in the in the family house because something that really stood out for me um, was this this Sully uh, spirit, which um, sounds just like an absolute terrible person and 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 even a more terrible spirit. Um, because I can't believe you would go on and have a be you know potentially this incredibly monstrous person in in the real world and then carry that over to Mm -hmm. whatever the spiritual world is because it's it's disgusting to think that this person preyed on on young children and yeah and his own kids at that like um and yeah, because we think that there was two or three spirits in the house and I. We believe that Sully started as not this way. We think it was innocent. 
and this other spirit interjected and came in and that's when it started to become becoming worse like things escalated when my sister started getting scratches the posters would start getting ripped up it just like it amped up where at first it was just very innocent and very childlike um because my my mum lost a baby before my younger sister and so we always believed that she was playing with her bigger brother and so that was very innocent very childlike until it started not being that way and so we think there was multiple spirits in the house and this one evil one was powerful enough to sort of overtake it like eve um i believe that they were strong enough and needed something to manifest through to actually be able to fully present their power and take over yeah absolutely i would believe that it's you know, it's not uncommon to hear like people being kind of fatigued after having rather intense paranormal encounters. And, you know, it really depends yeah. on what kind of narrative and who you listen to and what you believe. But um, I believe that people's energies kind of get drained a little bit when when they do encounter the paranormal. Yeah. And, you know, that, that okay. could just be a, a genuine side effect of like a basically an adrenaline jump. Yeah. But also, I, I believe that spirits are energy and can only muster up as much as they're given. And so that's why I really think sceptical people don't have experiences is because they have no energy to give it. Um, whereas if you believe in it and you're willing and you're looking, you're putting that energy out. And so you're more likely to have an experience, I think, because they can draw off that. Um, whether it's enough to actually see anything or you just feel it, Um Either way, it it's, it's takes from your energy, and I think that's why you get that burnout after you have quite a paranormal experience. Yeah, yeah, I agree like with the you. Using your energy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And well, sorry, we we think that this guy was wanting because because he was awaiting court. If this is the same guy, he was awaiting court when he committed suicide, and we really think he was just trying to have his story heard. You know, grubby person but he just wanted someone to listen and we wouldn't listen um we're like no we're ignoring this we're not listening my mum would white sage all the time but then in that queensland room my brother um slept out there he had a little room and so this man sat in the rocking chair right next to my brother's room and apparently my brother was talking to him and so we think that was giving him um energy um to be able to come forward more because he had someone listening to him and someone talking to him and so when my family moved out of that house my brother said oh no can can my friend come and i went nope no he's staying in that house (laughs) yeah he's not he's not coming with he's not your friend (laughs) he's not coming yeah Um, no chance yeah so i think that because yeah i think because one person in the house was acknowledging his presence it was enough to keep him just enough to be there and like that time that i saw him and i just went nope i'm not not doing this um yeah i I just think he was getting just enough energy to be causing misery yeah yeah definitely and you know if there was any kind of negative vibes i think depending on the the type of entity it is it can really feed off that too um, my stepfather was the most skeptical. He's like, there's nothing here. You know, there's there's nothing. No way, no way. And then even one night he was like, okay, I felt something. They're in that bathroom, there is someone following you. And we're like, see, we, we know it. Don't, don't acknowledge it. But thank you for finally not calling us crazy. 
And so everyone in the house felt that thing. What and was so, the what was the family's reaction to to Sully wanting to be with your sister? Well, my mum says she can't remember it. I have a very vivid memory of it. Um and uh, so yeah, I think they were it's either a denial or a, you know, that wasn't that's not real type of situation. And they didn't they moved not too long afterwards, so I don't I don't know. I know my mum, and I know that she probably very much like it. Yeah, no, <laughs> that, that 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 didn't happen. Yeah, out of no mind, one. out of sight type of thing. Yeah, um, but it's sort of something that has stuck with me. Just going, that's not right. Like that's um, bizarre. And then when mum told me about his the, his history about the the suicide in the street today, I was like, oh my god, it all makes sense. Like it all clicks together. That's why he was mostly malevolent towards us girls was because of his history. It's it's very concerning. And, you know, the fact that this thing was even able to have such a a physical interaction with the, the objects in that room, okay. for me, that's really scary. The, yeah. the fact that it could yeah. turn your pictures upside down and Seriously. rip the posters. Yeah. Like, what was the mm-hmm. reaction to that? that? That must have put a lot of people on edge. Yeah, that was when things started getting scary. My poor sister, um, she's my full sister. She's 18 months younger than me. She was beside herself. She was, wouldn't sleep. She refused to sleep in that room. She was having nightmares. It was. It really, really took a psychological effect on her because you couldn't just brush her away. It was happening and such physical proof of that it was happening and I think that's when it when it was little things you could kind of go oh you know whatever whatever just ignore that but when it was scratches down the back and pictures and posters you couldn't ignore that anymore and so we just she moved out of that room and then one of my and my other sister moved in not my youngest and not my full sister the middle sister moved in and it all stopped um I don't know why. I it just it depended on which person was in which room with what things would come up. And yeah, it was just a very bizarre house. Very, very weird house. Would you ever go back to the house today? Yeah, I'd probably I'd be very interested to see if he was still around. Um I think because I'm smarter with my approach now and know and to not let things in. Um, I wouldn't be so scared to go back there. I wouldn't want to spend a decent amount of time there. I would probably never live there. But, um, you know, to go in there and see if I could still feel it, that would be interesting. And what do you think it was? Like, this this probably happened, what, 10, 20 years ago for you now, and you've had a fair bit of time to, to think about it. What goes through your mind of when you think back to it? Do you, do you ever wonder what it was? Do you have any ideas or theories on that? I think about it a lot. <laughs> I I think I don't think demon or anything like that. I just think it was a highly charged energy who was because of I guess the suicide and his age and the fact that he wanted to be heard he was just so charged he it was a smart haunting like he definitely wasn't one of those you know how you hear about hauntings that are like on a loop it's like a death loop yeah like Um, a residual haunting yeah so you hear the same thing at the same time at the same you know every night sort of deal this was not that this was something different every day i think he was a smart 
spirit who wanted to be heard and was feeding off energy. And that's that's all I can think it is. Just had more energy in him than what anything else I've ever felt. What well, from Eve. Um, yeah, I just think he wanted to be heard and wanted to be believed. And mm, I don't know. Are you still involved in the paranormal? Like, do you still have encounters with it today? Or is it kind of like a a part of your life that you've left behind? No, I still have encounters. It's um, very much more blase. Now, like, even last night, I I think it was about three o'clock. And, you know, all weird things happen at three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And I went out to get a drink of water. And it was the first time in my current house that I sort of felt something. But it didn't feel evil. It was just like there's something here. And I went, look, I'm tired. I'm, I have nothing to give you right now. I'm going to bed. And, you know, so I've sort of got to that place where I can brush things off or know that if I tell them to leave, they're probably going to leave me alone. Um, just not freaking out because fear is never good. And then obviously not feeding into whatever they're after. And because there was one other time, because my, my mum and dad separated, remarried, and the house that I was living in with my dad and my stepmother there was one bedroom down the end of the hallway that was sickeningly dis- evil, the feeling of it. I, you could not walk down the hallway without having a light on. It was disgusting. I never saw it or knew what it was. I just knew that I wanted to keep that door shut. Lights on all the time. It was awful. Um, but most places that I go don't feel like that. You can tell something's there, but it's easily ignorable. Do you think you're sensitive to the paranormal world? I, I like to think so, um, just because the experiences that I've had, I can't say I made them up. I, it's just too real and there's too much experience of it. It gets constant, nearly every week feeling something else. It's just a part of my life that I've come to accept. And so I'm not intentionally seeking it out. It's just something that's always there. Um, I think I'm sensitive to it. Just it's just the way that it keeps happening. <laughs> it just yeah. And it really wouldn't surprise me, you know, you've you've lived with it for two yeah. decades now. It's That's it's right. kind of ingrained into you. Yeah. If there was there's like I've got so many stories, there's just overflowing with them. And so if I go from tangents, I do apologize. <laughs> but I've been out in paddocks before going out towards sort of narrow mine way heading out west. And I was walking through a paddock and it felt like I'd been slapped in the face. And it, I looked around thinking a bird had flew into my face, but there was nothing. There was no wind, there was no birds, there was no people. But it was like there was something that had come up to me and just hit me. And that was the first time I felt a physical connection with the with the spirit like i've seen them a couple times i've sensed them but i've never actually had one touch me and that just chilled me i was so scared i turned around and went back to the house out of the paddock and i'm not going out there again on my own no way um and yeah so things like that happen and yeah. Yeah, that's pretty terrifying to it was. to think that you can just kind of be slapped down by some sassy spirit at any I moment. I know. I was like, what have I done? I've done nothing. I'm wrestling with <laughs> walking through this paddock. And to this day, like this happened probably five or six years ago, and it's my um, partner's grandparents' property. And even to this day, I will not walk in that section of the property. I just can't. And it, I was like, it, it's, I was like, I don't know what's out there. 
but I don't want to deal with it again because the last time I crossed it, it hit me. And (laughs) so we're not doing that. (laughs) But my partner's like, it is nothing. I've never felt anything, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, I have. (laughs) So, um, yeah. And I don't know if it had to do with being out this part of the, the country as well. There's just so much history and, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's you know, it's uh, it's a funny world out there, and I think Australia's like actual countryside. I think it's, I think it's very much alive. And uh, for for you to kind of experience something in the middle of nowhere, I want to yeah. say is surprising, but okay. <laughs> I don't really think it is. Yeah, oh, I that's it. Well, it's the first time anything of that happened to me, and I was like, yeah, we're not doing that again. But you hear a lot of stuff happens to people out in the open, and as soon as you start going out west as well, especially. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You know, I, I hear a lot of people who have encounters with spirits in the bush, and, you know, that's you can, there's there's nothing really to, to justify that. You know, maybe it's like some ancient Aboriginal history that's there. Yeah. Um, but even even then it's kinda like, you know, that's always just a guess. I just think Australia yeah. is this this hugely spiritual uh yeah. country and yeah, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show tonight there, Catherine. Oh, that's okay. Sorry, I, I rambled. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. You were, you were so fascinating to talk to. And uh, I tell you what, I think your your family definitely earned its stripes okay. uh, living in that house and kind of dealing with the extremely difficult situations that you were that you were there for. I do have to ask, yeah. though, before I let you go, because I don't think I have yeah. asked you, is um, how long were you in that house for as a family? We were there, oh, for probably seven or eight years. Um, and it mostly was towards the end of that time that it, things started ramping up quite a lot. But then I moved out of home and I don't know much from there because there was a time, because I was not in a good way, I didn't have much communication with my family at all. I became quite estranged. Um, and so a lot of that part of my life that time of my life is so blurred um i think because i was blocking it out and i was just not not in a good way um but yeah so it was a long time we were there for a long time it was yeah. very interesting what it was like now especially because we were near a cemetery oh really <laughs> yeah okay um, and then I had lived in one unit since that was directly across the road of, from the cemetery, like just a stone's throw. Um, but funnily enough, that's the house that I felt nothing in was the one across from the cemetery where everyone was like, no, surely you're having experiences in that house, which I never did, um, which is the weirdest thing about it. Yeah. And you know what? The, this kind of goes back to something that you said there a little bit earlier is that I particularly don't think cemeteries are overly haunted because that's not where no. the, your spirit lies. People die. Yeah. That's it. Pe- people don't die in cemeteries. They go there afterwards, but I don't think unless their spirit is still with their body, which a lot of times isn't the case. Um, like I could walk through a cemetery at night time and not be be freaked out at all because I just don't see them as a place of evil a lot of people do get speak to speak out about them but i don't think that i i I don't think they are um but yeah like i said people don't die in cemeteries so 
Yeah, spot on, spot on. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for your time tonight. You've been a real treat to to chat to, and I tell you, my hats off to your to your family for surviving for so long in that place before Bye. making I the move. Them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my poor mum. Even now, she still looks at me and goes, "Oh my god, I cannot believe you." And I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> sorry." But um, yeah, no, thank you so much for having me and letting me talk. I've never actually told my stories to anyone apart from you know my partner and my family, um, and my very close friends. And so it's very nerve-wracking, but also really exciting to be able to tell my experiences. And I really don't think I've even touched on half of them. Um, it's yeah. So thank you so much for listening to me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. Finally, don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.